episode 42 stats don't matter <laughs> conference championships they were played mm. our predictions they were wrong mm-hmm. uh, we only i i don't want to sound like down but we have two games of football left and one of them is on madden it's players playing each other on madden the pro bowl i mean it, it's weird that in 2021 i'd be like can we have the pro bowl can we just not let people at the Pro Bowl? Can I have it? Can we just stretch the season out just a little bit longer? Because the Super Bowl is going to fly by, and then we're not going to have football for like a long time. Hmm. I uh, I won't lie to you. I don't watch the Pro Bowl. I think I think all the all star all star uh, games across all the leagues are a little bogus. I will watch the skills competition. In mm. almost all of them, but uh, outside the NBA, NBA's gotten a little bit more heated, kind of ish. At least, they, at least there's offense in that one, and, you know, in, in the Pro Bowl here. But anyways, I'm I'm just saying it's it's, it's football. We're running yeah. out of football to have. Okay, good news is other sports. We'll be talking about plenty of those. But man, you know, for a season we didn't think was going to happen, we're getting down. We're going to finally get to the Super Bowl. And the Stats Matter podcast started after mm-hmm. last year's Super Bowl with how that that whole unfolded. So. It's crazy that we're coming up on a, on a almost a year of doing this thing, man. Appreciate you going through it with me. Um, yeah, man. So we're going to get to our Super Bowl 55 predictions. I'm going to get to this double IPA from Hershey, Pennsylvania that has zero chocolate in it. And I think you have, what, a, a triple IPA from South Haven, Connecticut? Yeah, somewhere in the Havens. I mean, <laughs> it's actually, it, it's kind of cheating. Uh, I'll, I'll bury the lead a little bit, but... Um, it's a collaboration. One of these guys may have made an appearance last week. So, oh snap! Hey, well, I repeat. Mean, you know, yeah, <laughs> you, you gotta do what you gotta do. Everyone knows you can find stats don't matter wherever you get your podcast: Stitcher, Apple, Google, Spotify. We're on the Twitter at Stats Podcast. We're on the Instagram at Stats Don't Matter. We're not on TikTok. We got too much to lose. We're not on <laughs> OnlyFans. We don't got no fans. Well, I mean, we do have fans. We have a lot of downloads, but we're not like you know trying to get into those kind of fans. And to be honest, I don't want a Stats Don't Matter Facebook page because there'd just be a lot of, like, not not, not suitable to read on air reviews. <laughs> I mean, if you guys want some side boob, I'll start an OnlyFans and we'll trade you oh, pictures geez. pictures for downloads and, uh, and, and, and views. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not above selling. content. I, I'm not above selling my body for uh, the success uh, of this podcast. Uh, I am. I just uh. want to. I want that to be very clear. <laughs> I am. All right. Let's get into the show. Tim. Okay. All right. I'm gonna start this thing off. Double Blizzard from Trogues Brewing. Have you ever had anything from Trogues? They're an independent brewing company out of Hershey, Pennsylvania. Two brothers uh, started it. Make a lot of really mm. good beers. Um, a lot of people really hear, you know, about the Troganator, which is a a box style ale, uh, and then of course Mad Elf, which is you know a Belgian style beer. I love Perpetual. Um, it's their seven and a half percent IPA. It's fantastic. Wherever I see it on tap, if I'm not really drinking something else, I always go there. Uh, and of course, you know, it being in Pennsylvania and Virginia not being too far away, at, at most sporting events we can get Trogues beers anyway. So if I had to choose between a Bud Light or a Trogues, it's going to be a Trogues ten times out of ten. Uh, so this is again, their double version of blizzard of hops, which is sort of their winter IPA. It is winter. Okay. We actually got like almost half an inch of precipitation today. I was so upset. Ooh. Mostly upset <laughs> because I got the, I got the federal work, you know, notification last night saying you can telework tomorrow if you want to. What? 
I've been teleworking this whole damn time. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, you can telework. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. you, should see what it, you should see what it looks like outside my window right now. Oh, you no, I haven't had have snow. Actually, we had no snow, and we got about four inches today. That's been about it. We've had such a mild winter up here. Cold, but uh, not a lot of snow. Heaps upon heaps of Cascade and Chinook hops in this beer. It's definitely good. It's got more of like an apple grapefruit kind of kick to it. Uh, it's not my it's not my favorite, you know? Yep. Uh, it's good. I, I definitely could. I have drinking. Drinking. It's not even a word. I have consumed a few of these in a <laughs> row. So... <laughs> I, I, if I had to give this something, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be straight up and honest. You know, I'm doing away with the sliding scale. This is probably like a three, five, three, six, you know? Yeah. There you go. 8.2%. You, you want a little bit of flavor and it's been, you know, dry hop of like four pounds. Yeah. Sometimes whatever you put into the recipe, just, it just doesn't come through. It doesn't mean it's not a, a, a decent beer, you know, but I mean, if I had to choose yeah. between this or perpetual, I'm drinking perpetual. So. Uh, nugget, nugget nectar, man. You're forgetting nugget nectar. I love nugget nectar. I haven't had them for a There's a reason though. why I didn't put that one up there. It's it's sort of like how I don't really believe that lunch is the best main beer co beer, and that's like heresy Ooh, to most people. Oh yeah, that is that is legitimate heresy though. That is such a yeah. crisp, clean beer. It's like a the perfect mix. I think it's the perfect halfway point between like a good full flavored IPA and like the crispness of a lager. It's like the perfect West Coast style IPA. In my opinion, mm. yeah, yeah. Oh. Anyway, I like uh, the new scale. Yeah, I love. I do like the new scale. Three point five is a good beer, right? Like four and above should be like our fantastic beers. Um, Rolling two, my eyes at you. Two is like a two point five is a passable beer. That's middle of the road. Um, all right, so <clears throat> another beer from. North Haven, Connecticut, or distributed out of North Haven, Connecticut. Uh, this one is another collaboration with Skygazer. This time it's Skygazer and Abomination. Uh, it's called Dreamscape. Um, I don't know a lot about this particular... I don't know if it's a line or a series that they do, because they had one where the can looks almost identical. Uh, that is an actual. That's actually a sour, and it has a lot of the same description. So I'm not quite sure what's... Going on there, obviously, there's a little bit of a difference in the recipe. I haven't tried the other one yet, but listen to this thing. It's a triple IPA, so it comes in at about 10%, with raspberries, strawberries, blueberries, frosting, lactose, and vanilla beans. And on the front what? of it... What? On the front, what frosting? Like like a can of frosting? Like no, you no, I'm going like to show you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you. On the front of the can, they have what appears to be uh, this guy's face melting, right? <laughs> and then above it, a pop tart. So I'm guessing uh, they're going for like a pop a pop tart style flavor. And I gotta tell you, I generally try to eat pretty healthy, but I could crush a couple pop tarts. And I'm old fashioned. Just mm -hmm. give me the straight up like cinnamon brown sugar one. Oh, yeah. Put that shit in the toast. Uh, whoa, what? See, everyone does this. Everyone does. This. Look, I'm from Maine. I got some weird, weird regional taste. Okay, yeah. To, yeah I mean, I, I mean, I also lived in Maine for a while, and uh, I'm not putting in butter I lived on in my. Maine. <laughs> uh, I thought it was okay. weird that I was. I thought I was okay. going to say it's weird that I dip mine in milk, but I mean. Okay. Yeah. That. I mean, that's like you know. Hannibal it's like Lecter. an Oreo cookie. Yeah, it's okay, like an yeah, Oreo sure. cookie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even though Oreo's chocolate and this is brown sugar cinnamon. Okay, yeah, whatever. Keep going. 
you don't dip, you don't dip all your cookies in uh in milk every cookie it's going in milk doesn't matter what it is unless it's a unless it's a uh, samoa then mm-hmm. maybe which i just found you can buy girl scout cookies legit girl scout cookies online that time of year. thank god thank and god i just it's remembered really cool. i got a box of them coming just one come on now Tag no, along. I, mean, I got a box full of oh, boxes mm-hmm. <laughs> all right yeah, anyway eight. Back to this beer. Ooh. That is an interesting color. I guess it shouldn't be surprising given the, all the berries that are in here. It is purple. So do and, you know the flavor of the Pop-Tart that's on the can? Uh, I'm guessing it's like a blueberry something or other. It's wildberry. Wildberry. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Wildberry, I think, is what they call it when it doesn't actually taste like any of the berries that it's supposed to taste like. It's like it's not blueberry, it's not raspberry, it's not strawberry. This is wildberry. Either. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, look at this guy. Very nice. That looks like a sour. Mm-hmm. If you poured this in a glass, look at you can even see some of like the residual. What was that like? Yeah. Fruit, oh, there's definitely fruit some. material. Yep. It smells like a sour. All right, so it's good. It's obviously sweet. You knew that going into it, so that's not a surprise. This isn't one of those I was going to buy, take a sip of, and then throw up because of how sweet it was. Like, I knew it. Um, Right off the bat, you just get a mouthful of, like, berries, which is interesting. Uh, I was expecting it to be, like, a little bit more tart, and it's not. Um, But it's not, like any ipa i've ever had i'm not a generally huge fan of the lactose sugared style ipas they're like the creamy mouthfeel like the overly sweet flavor of it isn't really my speed but this is this is good this is definitely good i I like the one i had last week better um but i think this one i got it's weird. I try to take it all into an account. The fact that it's a 10% beer and it doesn't taste like a 10% beer is a little crazy. Not my favorite taste, um, but it's super smooth. Like every other sip, you get like a mouthful of... I don't, I don't, hold on. I mean, this is what we get for having IPAs in stout weather. I mean, it's... You know? It's 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 bizarre because I know we we say one sip, but whatever. Um, the first sip, all blueberries. Second sip, tasted like a little bit of watery booze. Like I got the alcohol taste. Third sip was kind of a blend between the three. So I almost wonder if this is one of those that I hate. I hate to see the beer nerds that like roll their cans and do weird shit I was like that. I just suggest that, but I mean, I'm also yeah. a psychopath. He puts butter on my pop tarts, so you know. This what I mean? is. I didn't, this is. I didn't want to take two L's this early in the episode. And you call them pop tarts. They're spelled P O P. Pop tarts. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, um, <sighs> when when I, you guys can't see this, uh, because obviously it's a podcast, but when I held it up to the camera so Sam could see it, 
you can actually see like floating fruity debris in it. So there is a lot of like suspended material in that beer. So um I mean I'm gonna give it a three eight. But uh it's it's definitely it's it's interesting. It's it's good. Um I've obviously I've had a lot better IPAs and a couple better triple IPAs than this particular one. I almost wonder, I'm going to have to give this one another shot, but I want to roll the can first, and I almost want to let it, like, sit for so. a week or two just to kind of do its thing, maybe eat up some of that, because that second taste almost tasted like a little bit of watered-down berries mixed with, like, Orloff vodka. Like, that's how big of a punch that alcohol uh, was. Uh, but hey, then you the, put butter the, in your Orloff? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my, uh, no I do not. My potato vodka? No. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's uh, I'll give it a three eight. Not my not my favorite. Good. Very interesting. Glad I tried it. Um, could probably teeter or be marketed as kind of a a sour almost, which I'm sure is why they have the other one. I want to say the other one is something scape, but uh, three eight. I'm comfortable with that. I like to subscribe to the, the Rob Mills from Allagash School of Thought. When you get cans of beer, even yeah. if they've been sitting upright, when you put them in your fridge, flip them upside down. Okay. Let them sit for one, two days like that. Get nice and cold. Then when you go to drink it, flip it back over. It'll, it'll do rousing and, you know, it'll take care of whatever those flavor profiles, if they do separate out like that. But when you got that much fruit puree in those beers, it's, it's, yeah. Ooh, that sip it's was awesome. uh that sip that three eight literally just, bite you. just ah. got me in like the the earlobe i'm like Woo. wow okay um all right we're setting the pace for the show setting it up <sighs> fuck it let's just get to it look it's me samson comments <laughs> back on my bullshit okay starting this episode off with the big fat l again i said this is the game we've all been waiting for. Actual GOAT Brady versus the skill GOAT Rodgers. I said the Packers got smoked the last time these two teams played, but it ain't happening again. Pack wins this game 27-24. I knew that this season some of my predictions were going to get me in trouble, okay? I suppose I should have known better than to pick against Tom Brady. You know, even though he was on a, you know, a, a summer team going to a winter team location. He, he played in New England for a millennia. So obviously he knows how to play in cold weather. I got to get something off my chest. Like right now, right. Freaking now immediately. If you will. Okay. I said something in the last episode and I listened back to it and it really pissed me off because I kind of foretold my own doom here. The Packers are playing with, with house money. The Packers are playing with house money. How in the world do you go 13 and three in back to back seasons? make the NFC Championship game, and lose both of those NFC Championship games in startling different like ways. Rodgers has a kill shot. He gets Devontae Adams open. He, he finds someone else to toss the ball to. The running game's complimentary. That didn't, that didn't matter. This game like really made no sense. And most of the time, I wouldn't be that miffed about it. But I was completely in awe for watching the majority of this game because... You went down, if you're the Packers, you went down big to the same team again. And everything started to break your way. Tom mm-hmm. Brady gives you three interceptions on back-to-back-to-back to back to back drives. Seven attempts. 
and he gave you three of them. You get six points off that. Unacceptable. Two defensive backs for Tampa Bay went out. They didn't play the majority of this game. You should have been picking off whoever was in a uniform down the field, making life a living hell. The game started like it was going to be a slugfest, and then Tampa Bay was doing all the slugging. And next thing you know, it's 28 to 10. And really, I don't think anyone took their foot off the gas at this point until the Packers did it. Less than two minutes to go. Fourth and eight. Kick a field goal. <laughs> I just, yep. I, I don't get that. I really don't get that. It's not that you have Aaron Rodgers. It's not that like you have the momentum and, and you, you know, typical coach think is like, Kick the field goal here. We'll burn all the timeouts. We'll get a we'll get the ball back. Rodgers has a, a you know a few minutes, you know, less than a minute left. We can make this happen. Yeah. Yeah. In the regular season, Rodgers has a knack for doing that. You know where Rodgers doesn't have a knack for doing that? The NFC championship game. Remember when he when he they went up big on Seattle and they lost in overtime? Remember when they didn't even show up to, to San Francisco last year? And then in this game, like if you watch that, there was a lot of green grass like in front of Rodgers. Could he have run maybe for a touchdown? Maybe. Could he have run a little bit closer, made the field goal a little bit? You know, like I, there's so many questions there. You go for it on fourth and eight. You don't make it. Guess what? Now Tom Brady and co. has to go 92-some-odd yards. Rather than you kick a field goal, you get a kickoff, they get 25 yards, and then they march back down, and they do what you haven't been able to prevent them from doing the entire game which is scoring points and whooping your ass. You kicking a field goal there with less than two minutes, or just over two minutes to go, that's some regular season bullshit that like really turns a lot of fans off. And after the game, Rodgers was like morose. He, you know, was just like, he was downtrodden. He was talking about, you know, we'll see what the future holds. Like, wow. I mean, if this was like the first couple of years he was in the league, wouldn't be that big of a deal. You think he's going to bounce back. The guy has a conference championship. The guy has a Super Bowl ring. And his team doesn't trade for playmakers at, at the deadline. Didn't do it this year. Didn't do it last year. The 26th pick in the first round. We're going to take a quarterback. Justin Jefferson and Brandon Ayuk had just gone off the board there. Seattle and Baltimore took linebackers. You think Green Bay could have used some linebackers today? I think they could have. But that's not even the most inexplicable part of this game. The Packers lost 31-26. to to the fifth seed wild card Buccaneers in front of their fans in a, in a season where we don't have fans in the stands until later on. And then a minimal amount you having postseason fans in the stands and losing is inexplicable. It doesn't make a, any sense to me whatsoever. It's just not cool. At least when you're at home in green Bay, drinking your Miller lattes, screaming at the TV, you think, Oh, maybe this is having an effect, but it's probably not. You don't believe that when you go to the stadium. You think, as a fan, instinctively, that as loud as you get, that's going to like change things. It didn't matter. Your 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 home squad got demolished. And the toughest part about this was that the Bucks stuck a knife in the in the Packers' back, and the Packers just chose to keep turning it by themselves. If you're a fan watching that game, all right, we're down big. Oh my God, Brady threw a pick. Nah, we got a field goal off it. We'll keep going. Oh, my God, we got another pick. Oh, my God, we got another pick. No points, no points. Come on. Come on. 
Yeah. The Bucks, they got two takeaways. They scored 14 points out of us, two takeaways. That's not even the worst part of this game if we're going through this. You got a defense in Green Bay. Now, Mike Pettin, he's taking a lot of crap for, for you know his defensive coordinator style, but let's be honest, he was the defensive coordinator for the Browns. I mean, a lot of people take heat for being the Browns defensive coordinator. It's not like – it's a stopgap. I don't really think you'll be able to do a lot. He's got Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith there. They're getting pressure. Five sacks. You don't have nobody in the defensive backfield that can actually like, stop anyone. And everyone over the middle, not paying attention. How in the world do you give up a 39-yard touchdown to Scotty Miller as time expires before the half? Sloppiness. How do you make Leonard Fournette, a guy who wasn't even like, he was cut at the beginning part of the season and he wasn't getting meaningful snaps for a large part of the season. How do you let him have a 20-yard rushing touchdown in which most of you decide you don't want to tackle him? You're Kevin King. How do you not attempt to at least grab some skin on that guy instead of grabbing his jersey and getting that DPI with under two minutes to go that seals the game? Now, look, the timing of that DPI flag was questionable. All game, there was a lot of holding, DPI, questionable calls. The last two minutes is a weird-ass time to start calling them. I understand Packers fans. They're, they can be rightly upset about that. I remember a couple of years ago, fans in Seattle saying the offense needs to be better because, you know, the defense is doing so much. And I didn't understand it at the time. I was like, yeah, it's Legion of Boom. They're, they're fantastic. They're great. And sometimes the offense just won't get it together. I had never seen another team go through that until today. Every time another team gets the opposing quarterback's ball three times in successive drives, they usually win the game. I don't know the exact stat. I'm going to assume it's something north of 90%. Uh, and you just you just would have thought, that for whatever reason, in the NFC Championship game, that you would throw the goddamn sink at the Bucks, And it didn't happen. No matter how much heroics Aaron Rodgers put forth in that game. I don't understand where this team is at. What is the point of going 13-3 and in the regular season and losing in the second game of the playoffs? and not making it to the big dance. You can only do that so many times before, you know, your star players come up on contract and they, and they move on or they get paid somewhere else. Or you have a, a stud coach or a coordinator who gets picked up, poached, goes to another team. The Packers are going to look back at this season as if, if they don't do anything like next year or the year after that, and Rodgers moves on, goes to their team, whatever, whatever the, the hoopla is about that. The Packers will look at this season as the season they really had everything. They had a defense. They had a complimentary running game. Aaron Rodgers was producing it at a high level. The defense was doing just enough. Special teams was okay. And it all just spectacularly fell apart. When the Packers are on, they're absolutely on. They're on fire. You don't want to, you don't want to mess with them. When they get off just a little bit, they like crumble. It, I, I don't know what their Achilles heel is. I don't think it's the quarterback. I think it's more like skill positions in, in, in the defense. But, I mean, this loss has to sting more for the people in the stadium because you were looking forward to that game pretty much like all season. And you got to watch your team lose in person in the postseason with a Super Bowl berth on the line. I mean, oh, what a terrible way for a win-now season to end. Also, I know you see the notes. 
Mm-hmm. I, I've been hating on Tom Brady for a while. I'm the conductor of the mm-hmm. Tom Brady hating train. I might have even floated some propaganda mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. this podcast about Rodgers being in the GOAT conversation because he can put the ball wherever he wants. That's it. It's done. Finito. Fiend. No more. Nada. If a guy plays in the league 20 years and goes to the championship game 10 of those years, he's the GOAT. It's it's undisputed. If he goes to that championship game at twice the rate of the next closest person, he's the GOAT. If 18 franchises have tried to dethrone him in the postseason and they fail, he's the GOAT. That's over half of the league he's beaten in the biggest stages. The race is over. You you can make comments about whether or not you think the people are going to get into the Hall of Fame before him like might be more visceral in their skill or knowledge in, on how to move defenses around like Peyton Manning or people who had luck on their side like Eli Manning. But there's nothing that you can say now. If they were to all retire today, Tom Brady would get in before everyone else, right? The race is over. OVA over. No home team has hosted the Super Bowl. Brady in his first season takes him there. What he gives to other teams is nightmares. And this time he gave the Packers three freebies. He still ran up the score and he surgically broke their backs. When he plays mistake free, he's unstoppable. And when he plays with mistakes, you got a 49% chance. But that full moon better be out. You better have your rabbit's foot in your pocket. You better be rubbing it. You better have a lucky lottery ticket. Whatever it is, you have a chance. This is just something else. This dude has been to the Super Bowl five times in the last five, like seven years. Hmm. The tweet He's from Max, tweet from Max Kellerman was about as spot on, where he came out and admitted to being wrong. Like his first time, he came out and said, "Like, all right, I made the mistake." Because he said he has had one hell of a career since he made the Cliff statement. Like he's had a phenomenal career since that point. Um, yeah. Tom, that's, it. It. that's the tweet. I, th- I thought of something. So we know that outside of some of the high-profile guys like Randy Moss, right, the Patriots have been very frugal in their talent and have been known, like the common thread or the common joke is that you could put a ball boy out there and they would find ways to have success, right? That's been fantastic. But I wouldn't necessarily go so far as to say Tom Brady has had all-star weaponry around him like a lot of other players have. Um, Which begs the question, have we always unfairly compared him to guys like Aaron Rodgers without properly comparing the team around them? I'll, I'll make a point here in a second. But if you look at Aaron Rodgers right now, like everyone always says, like Aaron Rodgers is the more skilled player. I don't know if anyone's been paying attention to Tom Brady this season, but that man looks like he is one of the more elite quarterbacks in the league. He's dropping dimes everywhere. He's making good reads. That man has a cannon still that I didn't even know he had. I had kind of assumed he was going to find success in game planning, moving the teams around, recognizing what was on there. But like there have been receivers who have had a hard time holding on to the ball because he's throwing it so damn hard. Um, I, I have to wonder if we've been unfairly comparing, because I've even been at some point to say like, yeah, I'd give an edge to Roger. He has a better arm. He has a whatever. He's a gunslinger. He's like another Brett Favre. Has some of that difference 
been because we haven't had the same talent to surround Tom Brady to put himself in positions to show off some of that. Because when he had Moss, that was like a video game. That man was dropping like 50, 60-yard bombs every single game, and in some cases, more than once a game. Now that he goes to a team, they spend a little bit. There's some older talent, but there are some talent and some high-profile. We made the joke that he was forming the Avengers in Tampa. Look what happens when you give him a little bit of talent, you run out. Imagine if he had... Imagine a lot of it. (laughs) No, but if you compare it to Green Bay, for example, Devontae Adams is second in scoring in the league, and and they have two players in the top five offensively uh, in receiving yards, yards per game, and touchdowns in the league. Like, that's not the same as having some of the older guys that Brady has who are still playing well. They're, They're playing well but they're not in the same caliber as some of the younger guys like Gronkowski. You know, he's a great guy, but he's old. He's a blocking tight end. Now Godwin's been great. Still not insane in this game. 110 yards. It's like, it's like he would just disappear and then just reappear behind the defense. Yeah. Like you, you expected there to be halftime adjustments and there were none. Yeah. Except for all the, you know, except for the picks, but like, what is the point of those picks when you're just going to give them the ability to march back down the field and score again? Yeah. And I think, like, I, I, without those picks, this game was really going to get out of hand. Really going to get out of hand. Yep. I'd say two of those picks, I mean, two of them were tipped, but two of them were bad throws and deserved to be intercepted. The one across the middle that did get tipped, uh, was it to Evans? That one is a tough one to put on Brady. Hands, hands in the ball. If you weren't going to catch, you should be at least able to. And he knew it, too. As soon as you see him, he's, like, on the side, like looking straight up, like, that would have been another touchdown. Instead, Green Bay was able to, you know, go downfield and, and get a couple points out of it. But um, that game really ran a risk of getting out of hand. I think Tom started getting a little bit more um, free with the ball. Kind of, obviously, three interceptions in seven attempts. One of the one of those interceptions, he was about to get clobbered and just tucked yeah, the ball he, he and. And and it went f- higher than it did far, so you you were asking for it in those cases. So that was just a bad throw. But the one across the middle, that was a tip ball. They really need to start classifying those differently, just across the board. Like call it, I don't even know what you would call it. Call it a tip, a tip ball instead of interception, because you have guys who are in the in games this season who had like two tips that get count, or or someone who literally hits them in the chest, bounces through the air, and gets caught by. Uh, a defender for an interception, like it's it's a bad look, but not always not always accurate. But anyway, part of me wonders. We had Antonio Brown, who hadn't been in the league for a long time. We all know what was going on there. We had Gronkowski, who had retired and came back to play. You had Leonard Fournette, who wasn't on a team, who got cut, came back. He started being a difference maker. You had Godwin Evans. You had guys who are good players. They're just not like top tier talent anymore. Like they're they're good, maybe low of the top end of the spectrum like they're still decent guys but someone you made know, an argument someone made an argument with uh if you took travis kelsey and tyree kill and you put them on a team with like deshaun watson how good would deshaun watson be because you can only guard one of those two guys so you see mahomes who looks like a superstar but that's because you can only he really he is a superstar but he gets it's elevated a lot by the fact that he has two guys that you have to choose which one you want to let damage you and try to mitigate some of that damage. It's either going to be Tyreek 
or it's going to be Travis Kelsey. Like there's very few times where you could do both of them. We saw some close games where they dropped back in the zone coverage and they happened to have two pass rushers like San Diego. They had two quality pass rushers who were able to put pressure on Mahomes without running the blitz because they're leaving too many guys open. And they were able to kind of corral them a little bit and rely on multiple players covering zones instead of individual players. But not every team has that level of personnel. Not every team has two quality pass rushers. So you literally have to choose which one you're going to let hurt. You're going to let Travis Kelsey, like if you watch, we're going to get into the Kansas City game here in a second. But if you watch that game, you knew every two out of every three plays was going to be the one of those two guys. And you knew it. Like you would look, you'd see, okay, they're covering Hill. Yep, there goes Kelsey up the middle. Oh, they're doubling Kelsey. There goes a freak catch by Tyreek, which he's going to then spin around and, and extend another 10 to 15 yards out of it. It was yeah. literally like it was literally like someone was playing Madden and just choosing like coach recommendation, coach recommendation the whole time. <laughs> and like not even going through like the Madden uh, recommendation. Madden recommendation. Oh, yeah, these two? Okay, cool. Because I, I wonder if you put Brady throughout his career on teams that had talent like that, he made guys look like they had that much talent who then went on to other teams and struggled well, like Amendola, Wes yeah, Walker. The, the, there like were a Rand- couple years there the, the Seattle New England Super Bowl. He, he, I'd say he had more talent collectively, especially by the end of the game with injuries. Uh, and you know, their defense was good there. I think the Eagles Super Bowl coaching is what that honestly came down to. And the fact that Malcolm Butler didn't play, but you know, I, I think that the Patriots had more talent there against and, the and Tom, and Tom Brady dropped the ball. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, uh, it happens. The, yeah, the yeah. Atlanta Super Bowl, they definitely had the talent advantage there a little bit. You know what I mean? But, but I mean, when yeah. we're comparing straight up skill, because everyone keeps saying Aaron Rodgers is a more skilled quarterback. Some of that, I think you have to factor in the skills of the players that he's playing with that help elevate that level. Like, Mahomes would have success no matter what team he went on. I think very much in the same way Brady had success with any team that he was given. But put Tom Brady in a situation where he has peak talent and some of the best in the league, I feel like his career had that, the entire longevity of his career. It wouldn't even be that much of a conversation anymore because now he's not having to like force plays. He's not having to develop guys throughout the season like – Dobson, like no one ever heard of Dobson. No one ever heard of like half Hogan. the guys that Hogan Mitchell, who who isn't even playing anymore. Like it's just yeah, like one after another. Like Randy Moss is the only person who can think back and be like, oh, that was a good acquisition. They spent money. He came in and immediately made a difference. The other two, you had, you had Antonio Brown for like a we, second. We, th- we thought that was going to be it. You know, like. Every time they bring someone in, the last two times they bring so- they brought someone in, then they struggle with off the field issues that ultimately end up in them getting suspended. Like it's just it's it's. I feel like there's not a good metric to compare quarterback skill while also considering the talent that people will talk about it, but at face value, like you're only going off your memory, right? Like no one's looking at Pro Football Reference and comparing the receiving core that everyone's had and then looking across and doing that, they're just saying like, you're going off of what you remember of all of those games. And Bra- uh, uh, Rogers had the flashier plays. He had a lot of those like 
I'm falling down as I'm getting tackled. Whoop! It's 68 yards down the field, and here's a touchdown. And like those things resonate because they're memorable plays, and you think about a lot of those. But a lot of those were because of the talent that he had there, who could put themselves in positions to be open 60 yards down the field, or guys who were able to get the ball, make moves, and run down the field. Wes Walker was one of those until he, you know, took the 38th hundredth shot to the forehead uh i mean uh, edelman you, to you now yes you can say edelman edelman was clearly top-notch player in his prime the whole time he gronk. played gronk was another one of those but those were more like homegrown talent they were folks that came in that weren't superstars that were turned into superstars while they were there mm. they weren't brought in as like high profile talent but anyway my only my only point is I think one of the things we need to start looking at is like the teams that have great quarterbacks, what's the quality of the talent around them? Because if you remove Kelsey and you remove Tyree Kill or remove one of them, that team is drastically different. Like they just, they would find ways to win, obviously, but I don't think they're winning as many games as they are because while Mahomes can make all those plays, those two guys are the ones that are running fantastic routes and they're getting open and they're making yards after the catch. So. It's a, it's a yeah. weird thing. I, I just thought about this weekend when they were talking about it and listening to, you know, a lot of the analysis that was going on, seeing the fact that Tom just has Aaron Rodgers' number when it comes into the playoffs. But Well, what, what's the saying, right? Uh, only a few things in life are certain. Death, taxes, and Thomas Patrick Brady. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Which this yeah. weekend I learned, I learned his middle name was Patrick. There's another stupid tie to my son. That I didn't intend. Sure, 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 Jan. My middle, sure, my middle Jan. name's Pat. My middle name's Patrick, and I gave my son the name Patrick. Uh, and now, uh, to digress for half a second, have I told the story about naming my son and not wanting to do Brady, and yes, then all this, and then the ties to it, like the ties continue to happen, and that's mm. another one. Yeah, yeah, the t- the ties continue to pile up in the totally not believable that you didn't name him that corner like that's fine i I plan to move to connecticut and live on gillette road that was we never even moving to connecticut wasn't even on our radar Mm -hmm. we ended up on Mm -hmm. gillette road Mm -hmm. that's where kyle's parents live (laughs) hey i I would name my uh i would name my potential future unborn son carrington after russell carrington but the Mm -hmm. wife vetoed that pretty damn quickly so yeah i would have too i would (laughs) have oh get out of here anyways all right, so, moving on. Yeah, yeah, let's tell, get tell into the, the uh, let's get into the uh, the Bills and Chiefs. Um, you got this one wrong too, buddy. Woo-hoo! I did, I did, and you know I'm stupid for it. I said last week if Mahomes starts, this will be a close one. They might even win it. If he's out, Bills take this one. And I thought the Bills might even edge this one out. And <laughs> it was it was very silly of me to assume that something like a silly concussion protocol was going to prevent the NFL's golden child in Patrick hey, Mahomes easy, easy. to play temper, this week. Temper, temper your feelings. We get I mean, it. I mean, a week after not being able to walk off the field or stand up on his own, and he looked like he completely forgot where he was or the fact that he was playing football entirely, but I'm sure he's totally fine and his brain is okay. Like they would, you know... They would risk a high-profile Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes matchup in a Super Bowl by sitting Patrick Mahomes during 
the NFC and preventing uh, one of the only back-to-back uh, Super Bowl champions since 2004. No, that probably was, you know, it was probably well thought out. They thoroughly investigated a man who looked like he broke his neck. It's fine. Um, <laughs> we're, not again, laughing at, we're not laughing at the injury. We're laughing at the rules that go into the protocol. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Very <laughs> clearly, from the moment after the game last week, when they're like, "Oh, Patrick passed all the tests in the protocol," you're like, so, uh, "Can I see those but, tests? Could I pass else? those tests?" He passed all the tests, but he didn't come back into the game. And Nate Robinson, could he have passed those tests? Could <laughs> one Conor McGregor have passed those tests after this weekend? The answer is yeah. no to both those questions. Yeah, I mean, I'll put the tinfoil hat on for a second and say maybe those tests weren't as thorough. I don't want to, you know, throw any NFL staffing under the bus, but I'm going to go ahead and assume there might have been a little pressure on, like, making sure those tests were accurate. No, quote unquote. I, 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 I mean, I say that, dude, but the like, dude I, I couldn't think, stand up. Yes, he couldn't stand up because we. I mean, you talked about it. it. Looked like he got knocked out. So, like, obviously there were some concussive symptoms there, but he ran under his own power to the locker room. He was able to pass those tests. He had to go through the protocol. Like symptoms could have shown up. They didn't. Didn't. I'm putting in air quotes for you guys at home. <laughs> they didn't. Whether that was, you know, by the team's accord or or whatnot. So. Yeah, I, I understand they're supposed to be independent, but I feel like it's a lot of the calls we talked about where eh, is now a good time to make that call? I don't know. It's just, it brings into question player safety because uh, throughout the regular season, you saw guys who you know took little nicks on their way down or like were a little shaken up and got off and ran off and then they got pulled into the tent and then they got sat for concussion protocols. That dude could not stand, and his legs did not work properly. And when they showed the footage of his face, he was completely lost. He looked like he took a right hand to the jaw. Like, and I get it. Maybe it wasn't uh, a, a head contact injury. Maybe it was some, you know, I talked about the boxing and the way you take a shot to the chin tends to cause some nerves to shut down, which can also trigger knockdowns and, and things like that. So equilibrium gets thrown off. All that sort of stuff. I'm just saying I'm not necessarily buying the fact that he may have cleared concussion protocol. That probably won't be one we need to find out until like after he was retired and we read the book about it. Mm. But I play I play the game uh, against the Bills and I was dizzy the whole time and I could see four receivers. No, it's gonna the, the chapter's gonna start out. I played in the game against the Bills. I don't recall <laughs> playing that game against the Bills. <laughs> <laughs> I got knocked down yeah. in the game before, and I woke up in a game against the Bills. Like that's I mean, how that happened. There are some times where, like, I'll go back through, you know, like my Twitter a few days later. You know, after like, you know, I, I get my feelings sometimes when I'm when I'm watching the games on Sunday and having a couple brewskis with with the, with the folks. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I go back a couple days later and look at my tweets and retweets, and I'm like, what? I see. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just like, oh man, that was. Yeah, I should have tweeted that. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So Come at anyway, me, anyway, back to the game, uh, in which we all knew Patrick Mahomes was not going to miss. They were not going to put the ball in his hand. But uh he came out and he played well again, uh, even though he was still struggling a bit from turf toe, which is what was bothering him the weekend prior when he got knocked out again. Um which, for the record, is the weakest-sounding injury in all of sports. 
but is arguably one of the most painful to try to play through. So got to give a little bit credit to him. You saw there were times where he would kind of come up lame or he would kind of hobble and limp around a little bit. But as soon as he hiked the ball, it completely disappeared. He was able to put the pain in check and it wasn't a major issue at any point during the game. Went 29 to 38, 325 yards in total, three touchdowns and zero interceptions. We all knew he was gonna what was gonna come from him in terms of how they were going to play. The big problem was that Leslie Frazier had literally zero answer for Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill. Most teams don't have answers for those two. But anytime you commit to coverage on one, the other one is completely open. And if you try to focus all your coverage on those two, they'll run the ball down your throat with uh Nicole Hardman or they'll burn you with Clyde on a uh, little out routes. Hill and Kelsey combined for 290 yards. They had two touchdowns. Hill's longest was 71 yards because the man is a living video game. Uh, every time he catches a ball, you know, he's good for at least one or two misses. And if he has any opening, he turns on that sixth or seventh gear and just burns through defenses, uh, which harkens back a little bit to what we were talking about before we started breaking down this game. Kelsey and his 13 catches ties a single game playoff record for tight ends. Uh, Hill, he set his own franchise record for receiving yards in this game. So those two guys were literally unstoppable. It was as if someone was pressing the Madden recommendation and every recommendation was just throwing it to one of those two guys. Because what you would see, guys would collapse on Hill the moment he got open and then Kelsey was open in the middle. They would try and play some sort of zone read with uh, with Kelsey and try and close him out, and then they would get burned on the outside by Hill, who would then make four guys miss. It was just insane. The Bills are supposed to be this machine of destiny powering through the NFL on the way to their first Super Bowl in what felt like 100 years. They looked primed to do it. In fact, I even started building more confidence in them. I thought it would have been a great Super Bowl if the Bills and the Bucks made it and Tom Brady knocked off the Bills from another team in another conference. It just would have been very poetic for the Bills in the way that that's gone. But everybody knew, even me who picked the Bills to win this one, didn't really think they were going to get past Kansas City because Kansas City is, is Kansas City. Um, but this, none of that actually happened. It was not that great of an outing. The score was a little closer than I think what the game actually looked like when you watched it. This is the Chiefs' biggest winning margin since week eight against another New York team, the Jets, which I don't know <laughs> if you necessarily want to be uh, in cahoots with when it comes no, to you don't. losing games. Kansas City's defensive coordinator, uh, Stefan Spagnolo, just refused to let Allen get comfortable, and you could see it getting to him like from the start. Um, he was constantly under pressure, constantly on the move. But what's interesting was that when he came into this game, Josh Allen was ranked first in the league against the five-man pressure as far as yards, pass completions, overall efficiency. But you saw none of that in this game. He was sacked four times. He kept, he would drop back, and then he would continue to drop back, and he would think he would try and scramble out of it and then still go down. He lost a total of 53 yards just in sacks alone. 
He also threw an interception. He was 28 of 48 for 287 yards. Go back to like episode three, four, five during the NFL season. I talked a lot about that 50% mark when your your completion ratio starts teetering around that 50% mark. Almost all season, it's been a loss, right? No matter how many times you try to pass, no matter how many attempts you have, if it floats around the 50% mark, every one of those games was a loss. He did have 287 yards, but this is what happens when you go up against a team like KC and you are incredibly one-dimensional. Their running game was just completely absent. Uh, part of me wonders if it was the looks they were getting or if it was ple- or if it was you know just questionable play calling because there was something that just wasn't there. They weren't going to the run very often. They only attempted to run the ball 11 times between three running backs for a total of 41 yards combined, not including Josh Allen. Josh Allen was their entire running game. He ran the ball for 88 yards on his own. You expect him to be mobile. You know he's going to move around. He's going to try and keep plays live. We've seen him take hits. We've seen him extend drives. But when you're relying on him to be your only source of the ground game, we have seen in other teams where that was just a disaster. We saw with the Ravens and how all season we were questioning whether Lamar had an undisclosed injury because he couldn't throw the ball and they relied on him to constantly run the ball as part of their game plan. It didn't work out well in this one either. I mean, he just never looked comfortable and he only had two weapons, which were Diggs and Beasley. And Diggs and Beasley are definitely not Hill and Travis Kelsey. I mean, Diggs has had a phenomenal season. Don't get me wrong. But other than those two, nobody else was making any plays and they just kind of fell flat. And there were also some really unfortunate play calls in situations where they should have maybe gone for it to try and put some pressure on Kansas City. Late in the first half, a few seconds left, and you opt for a field goal. You're I understand you want to just go in, you want to put points on the board, but you are definitely not going to win against Kansas City if just kicking if you're just kicking field goals like we everyone in the league everyone who plays football everyone who watches football knows that that's not going to pan out well for you if you're just getting three points when you march down the field you had to take a couple more risks that's not the only time that's the just the most obvious time in which you should have gone for you were up should have made a little bit of a push you could have gone in up big and it puts a lot of pressure coming out but you kind of settle for a field goal and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with Rodgers. Then it becomes, where is your confidence? You have less confidence in your offense to score than you do your defense to stop the opposing team. We saw with Aaron, the biggest question mark is it seemed like they didn't trust Aaron to get points, they trusted the defense more to stop Tom Brady, which yeah, which is just it just doesn't make sense. You pay the, the man all the that money. Podcast is uh, always go yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah, so you saw you saw some of that in this game, and it kind of left you scratching your head a little bit. Josh Allen has been fantastic all season. I feel like if they had gone for it and, sh- and t- taken a couple risks, they were making plays. There were plenty of times throughout the uh, throughout the game where. Allen had like third and long and was able to make some pretty remarkable plays. So it's not 
completely unheard of that he could have squeaked out a couple of these, you know, fourth downs or, or got some late points. But anyway, they didn't. Kansas City moves on. Here's a couple fun stats for you on the podcast where stats don't matter. Uh, but this is fun to talk about, especially for uh, my buddy Samuel here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> with this appearance, Mahomes will surpass Russell Wilson as the youngest quarterback to start multiple Super Bowls. Mahomes, who's 4-1 and one in the postseason when trailing by two or more scores, tied Russell Wilson. Still, both of them fall behind uh, Tom Brady, who has six of those games. And the Chiefs, I mentioned it earlier, are trying to become the first team to repeat championships since the 2004 Patriots. And this next one kind of speaks a little bit to some of the sort of spoiled New England fandom and some of the stuff that I talked about early on in the podcast where I was ready for some losing seasons because if they win, they will be the 10th franchise to win at least three Super Bowls. In my lifetime, I have seen the Patriots win three Super Bowls twice. (laughs) Yeah, which is crazy. I did not know that that stat was real. I did not know out of all the teams in the league, only 10 teams have won three or more. Like I... I will be the first to tell you I am semi-ignorant in, like, football history beyond 30 years ago. Because I'm 35. I started watching when I was, like, 8 or 9, casually with my dad. I got more into it when I got into my teens and then just started following it more as I got older. So I will say, all that stuff that happened when I was younger, no, I just... Never bothered to look at what the... I know, like, the Cowboys and the Patriots sort of lead the league in in total wins, and the Steelers. I had no idea that there were that many teams who hadn't even won three in the entire history of the league. There are teams that have not won more than two Super Bowls in their entire franchise history. That is bananas. I mean, Seattle could have won three if they... They could have also been the first team since the 2004 Patriots to go back-to-back if they didn't... Could have gone and didn't get robbed against the Steelers in 05. Phantom offensive pass interference and bullshit. Whatever. I, I do love how, like basketball, every time a penalty is called in the NFL, regardless of how blatant, everyone's like, whoa, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. And then you look at the replay. So I, I agree with the call. Uh, or the I, I agree with the questioning of the timing of the call. In the box, Green Bay, but there's no questioning that that was a legitimate oh, penalty. Yeah. He was literally like, <laughs> he's, he's grabbing his shirt. It looks like a rooster tail. Like, and he literally turned around and he's like, 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 whoa, what's going on? Yeah. yeah. Granted, right. they also missed. They missed the on that Aaron uh, Aaron Rodgers interception where he was like, thought something just fell in my house. That was crazy. I don't know what that noise was. Um, <laughs> uh, but the uh, the the pick that happened uh, against uh, Rodgers was, I think, in my opinion, a missed passing interference call, but well, it is what it is. You get to the NFC Championship game, you got you to gotta throw the sink. Yeah, yeah. And, so as, we got a big one to get oh, to, you guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I got a couple things to say, obviously, but... Before, before we... Hold on. Before we get into that, let me read you... 
couple quick statistics or a couple fun facts. Are those uh, statistics that uh, don't matter? They're statistics that don't matter. Not even really statistics. They're just fun facts about a one Tom Brady as he enters into the tenth. Oh Super my Bowl. god! I thought no. I thought that if I gave you this, I thought if I just like you know bow down at the altar and being part of the episode, you just no, shut no, no. Up. No, no, oh. this isn't, this isn't, uh, this, remove fandom aside, you'll hear some of these. It's, fandom? Obsessivedom? No, like, check all of that. Like, this isn't even from me. <laughs> this is from Sports Illustrated. Everything I'm about to tell you was curated by Sports Illustrated. Everyone's going bananas right now with him going into the 10 Super Bowl, so we're just jumping on that bandwagon for a second. Tom Brady, right now, has more playoff touchdown passes than any other Bucks quarterback. Well, yeah, they they went to one Super Bowl. Oh, the playoffs, completely. Not even Super Bowl playoffs. Brady has more Super Bowl appearances than the Bucks have playoff wins. <laughs> That's crazy. He literally just picked the team and was like, "Hey, you guys want to go to the Super Bowl next year?" Cool, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> no, he, he didn't do that. He did it because they obviously needed a quarterback, and all people from New England go to retire in Florida. This is Tim. We're New Englanders. All, we know this. I'm retiring. <laughs> I'm living in. I'm living in friggin' Virginia. I was like Maine. I'm out. See ya. Yeah. All right. Uh, in two weeks, Brady will start his tenth Super Bowl. No other quarterback has started more than five. John Elway is second all time with those five Super Bowl starts. Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, and Aaron Rodgers have a combined nine total. Tom Brady has reached the Super Bowl in more than half of the seasons in which he was a full-time starting quarterback. Brady has also tied the most for conference championship game losses. Brady has played in more conference championship games than 26 NFL franchises. That yeah. one's crazy. That one's like, again, these is, I am honestly checking fandom aside. I would read these same things if it was Rodgers who was in the Super Bowl because I'm sure he's got some stats that are worth noting. Not, not uh, these, but he has some. You know that, um, that Rodgers, Drew Brees, mm-hmm. and Tom Brady have the same amount of NFC conference championship wins. Hmm. That one. Mm. <laughs> which is bananas he like went to a whole nother conference was like yeah this is fine it doesn't matter yeah yeah he did the same um, thing lebron did everyone's like oh you're not the goat like no these people are this is goat this is goat talk hashtag let tommy goat chew because he's a goat Brady, he's yeah grass <laughs> that was bad brady <laughs> and Logan. <laughs> yeah that was real bad uh <clears throat> brady and lebron james are the only athletes in the four major North American sports to play in the championship game or final rounds 10 times in the past 30 years. That is... Man. I'll, I'll, I'll be done gushing. I'll be done like spewing those. But if any athlete, that sounds like something you would read for... Michael Jordan. I think we are done comparing this man to like living athletes. We're done comparing him to anybody else he plays against currently. He is in like the dead and gone era where you are comparing him to people who are no longer playing football. I also thought of this the other day. 
as you look around ESPN and Sports Illustrated and CBS Sports and NBC Sports, and you look at all the sportscasters, how many of them are quarterbacks that started with Tom or after Tom and are no longer in the league still talking about Tom Brady as a quarterback? It is Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, uh, Drew Brees about to go into next season, uh, Dan Orlovsky, who else we got? Uh, Tony Romo? Like It just literally goes down the list of... I love Orlovsky, but let's not call him top tier. But let's there are plenty of high profile elite quarterbacks who started with or after Tom who are now literally breaking down or calling games that Tom Brady is still playing in at a high level. It's bananas. It's bananas. We'll never see we'll never see between LeBron James and Tom Brady, but we'll probably never see something like this in our lifetime. Maybe. Okay. Maybe not. Yeah. Anyway. Super Bowl 55. We're Woo! on to Tampa Bay. All right. Let's go. Kansas City, the current favorite. Three and a half mm. points. Over under mm. is 56 and a half. They're going to hit that. I just, <laughs> I got to be honest. Uh, the oldest quarterback to start a Super Bowl, one of the youngest quarterbacks to start a Super Bowl, an explosive, high powered offense. It's a number one seed versus the underdog. Who's the underdog? But he's the greatest quarterback of all time, underdog? I, yeah. Listen, Tampa Bay has got one Super Bowl, and they they won the last one when I was in high school. And Tampa, two was the defensive coverage that was just beginning to catch on. Now it's everywhere. Tampa Bay, pre-Tom Brady, terrible winning percentage. Still, even though he's helped them win 11 games this year, terrible winning percentage, 0.396. Surprisingly, in the postseason, they're 500. That tells me that generally, when this team gets their shit together, it's not a good look for their opponents. Kind of like Hancock, the movie Hancock, where Will Smith's character, you know, he's a drunk, but he gets his life together, and all of a sudden he's like a superhero again. Or when Tommy hung up the Green Ranger suit and became the White <laughs> Ranger and just ruined Rita's Repulsa's life. It's Lord Zed and everyone. You know what I'm talking about, okay? You are so much younger than I am. <laughs> I also put butter in my pop tarts, which is like a cardinal sin. <laughs> yeah, try it sometime, asshole. It's pretty good. Uh, anyways, there are just some players that completely turn around a franchise's trajectory, right? LeBron, Steph. There's just one in every sport or, or a couple that just kind of they change. Maybe Tom Brady was a product of Belichick's system. Okay. Pick 199 overall. A lot of people in the, in the league at the time didn't think he had the talent to go. Cool. For like the first five years, I'll give you that. He was a product of that system. Even if we stretch that out and said it took Tom Brady 10 years to morph into the greatest quarterback of all time, that doesn't excuse the fact that for the next decade of his career, he's been making people eat their words, like me. And you know what helps this? If Brady got brought up by a coach like Belichick, who is a no-nonsense, no-bullshit kind of guy. He's being heaped with praise now that he has a no-nonsense coach in Bruce Arians, who's rumored to be hands-off, right? He lets Tom Brady coach. Because, I mean, when you have the hashtag goat, hashtag let Tommy goat chew, you just, you got the blueprint. You let this man do what he wants. Think about this. Bruce Arians had Jameis Winston, okay? 
Last year, they went seven and nine. Smoking in Winston. This year, similar team. They're 11 and five. Wild card, and they're going to the big dance. You mentioned earlier, Tim, they got Fournette, they got Gronk, Antonio Brown, LaShawn McCoy, Ntamaka Sue, JPP. The list gets crazier when you read it and, and you think about it. This team is all no risk it, no biscuit. They 100% have the ability to win this game. If the Bucs won this game, Tom Brady wouldn't need to quit football. But if we were writing a premium show for Netflix or HBO and a guy won his seventh championship in 10 seasons, that would seem like a really good way to end the series, don't you think? So I do believe that this, this, this matchup has like this Hollywood quality to it where it's like we have one of we, we have a great burgeoning young quarterback against not arguably against the greatest quarterback of all time. It's a pandemic. Ads are not going to be the same. Budweiser is not going to put mm. a year ad out for this. This is the first time in like 30 some odd years. I don't even really like the weekend that much, but I'm going to watch the Super Bowl every single minute of it. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, this is kind of what we deserve. This is what we need. A couple of years ago when the Chiefs Rams had that Monday night banger where they like the over under was like 30 or 40 and they scored like 80 points or 100 points. It was just crazy. We thought this might be the Super Bowl, and we thought the Rams Patriots was going to give us that. It ended up being thirteen to three. It was a terrible game. This is what I think is going to happen this time. 42-38, Kansas City. I know that Brady Ooh. and Mahomes are two and two versus each other, but let's not forget that Andy Reid opened two cans of whoop ass on the Patriots, and those squads for the Patriots both made it to the Super Bowl. Now, do I think Tom Brady's going to cough the ball up three times in this game? Of course not. Not through the air. I think he could, you know, get sacked. He might, he might fumble. Think about it. The Washington football team was able to get home plenty of times. The Packers were able to trick him and his receivers into frustration and in continued mistakes. I get that he's the GOAT. His place in football Valhalla is sealed. It's, it's not debatable anymore. To be frank, the only squad I could ever see coming close to matching any of his early success is Kansas City, but they have to get through him right now to begin to build that history. That being said, the Bucs are a wild card. They're not playing with house money. No one expects them to win. They're not going to take their eyes off the ball, and Kansas City can't either. Tampa Bay has the advantage here in, in the Super Bowl with their defensive line. They have health, they have depth, and they have experience. And they have people that just came off of injured reserve and COVID-19, and, and they're now back. And you need that. You absolutely need fresh legs in this game. And you get two weeks. Oh, let's think about this. Where's the Super Bowl being played? Oh, in your hometown. Oh, okay. That's pretty nice. Do you have to get on a plane and fly anywhere? No, you don't. Do you have to come in a couple of days early because of, you know, state guidelines for coronavirus? No, you don't. Oh, that must be nice to wake up in the same state you're going to go play the Super Bowl in. That's a huge advantage here, rest-wise. You want a couple of fun facts? Of course I do. So Kansas City, at face value, looks phenomenal all the time. Every time you see them, you're like, oh, you're shooting to win. How many games this season have we said, ooh, they play really close to the teams that they're playing against? How many games have we seen where they've come in and been like, oh, shit, they really should have won that game. And they not only did they almost lose, but in some cases, 
it took some heroics to come back and win those games. There was quite a few of those. All that being said, do you know that Tampa Bay ranks higher in both points scored per game and defensive points allowed? Mm. Not by, like, small numbers either. The Bucks are third in points per game to Kansas City's sixth. And their points allowed per game, they're eighth versus uh, Kansas City's 10th. So statistically, which, you know, we got the running joke. Statistically, the Bucks are the better team this season, even though their record doesn't necessarily reflect that. Obviously, they don't didn't have they, the same. Didn't they play each other one time this season? Oh, yeah, they did. Who won? Didn't they also play the Packers and a couple other teams this season? In which uh, I know they blew the Packers out, but didn't they play the Saints twice this season? Yeah, and they lost by quite a, a considerable margin. I know, but did they just lose that game? They did no, not they lose did. that game. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> so not only, not only can they, sh- that, and, and keep in mind, they, the, the Bucks are a very different team in the latter portion of the season than they were in the beginning part of the season. They had five weeks to put together all of their offensive shit before the season started because there was no, there was no preseason. So for me, growing pains, all that aside, I can't necessarily look at a team like Tampa and some of their early losses and say like, yep, that was an indication of what this team was going to be like. It's not, I, for me, it doesn't necessarily work that way. And I, and I mean, it was week 12 and they only lost by three. And I know you were, Oh, but they took the foot off the pedal and all that stuff. No, they only lost by three points. So it's not like they got blown out in that first game. And now they found a rhythm. They lost they by found, field goal. And they found, yeah, but whoa, 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 whoa. Before you say they only lost by field goal, I need all of the, all of you guys to stop what you're doing. Go back and listen to the week 12 recap and hear sam say well it's because they took the they took the foot off the gas and they just and they just let him come back into it and i would sound like him any damn time i want (laughs) the The chiefs have already faced this same bucks team with the same personnel grouping and by the way they dropped 27 on them so i don't think necessarily that i'm super worried about them that's why i think it's gonna be 4238 you the know, Bucks the Saints The points. Saints dropped 34 and 38 points on them the first two times they saw them. So, like, points stats early happen. in the season. Yeah, stats do happen. I, uh, I, I actually think, I, I do think this one's going to be a close game. I do think, and I'm almost tempted not to say it just out of sheer superstition, but I think the Bucks might actually squeak this one out for a couple reasons. I think... They're going into this like, fuck it. If we lose, we lose. Kansas oh, yeah. City has more on this game. Like Tom Brady going to another team and winning a Super Bowl in the first season is a great story, but he's coming back next season and this team is only going to be better. Kansas City is trying to do something that hasn't happened in a really long time. I mean, they both are, obviously, but Tom Brady has like a storied career. He is where he's at. You have the young buck trying to dethrone the greatest of all time. You feel like Brady's legacy is set in stone already. Like if he wins this Super Bowl, it's not really going to impact his legacy because he's now lost more Super Bowls than a lot of players have even ever been to. 
um not not only has he won more than everybody else but he's also been to and lost more than a lot of players who ever even had the opportunity so like for him this is another one of those just sort of like dropping the bucket things if he wins i mean it's gonna be insanity which i think he has a very strong chance of doing oh, but of course. i think he's i think down, he was down 25 points and he came back and, and he beat a team that was offensively yeah. way superior to them uh yeah. in, in the Bowl. so so like for me i think when i see this game i think this this is one of those that like the story is building up and becoming this thing of momentum that's almost too hard to like vote against so it might be like a passion vote but i honestly think the box might take this one and i actually think it may come down to like vintage last minute two minute tom brady where he goes down in like vintage style and like they win it by a field goal but they win the game and if that happens and you see like old school tom brady like two minute drill marching downfield and he gets them in range to kick a field goal and they win it it'll be the most poetic thing in sports that we have seen in our lifetime like alex smith coming back was amazing that will be something that i always remember um the first dynasty win for the patriots i will remember because i was like oh my god this is amazing like things like that if this plays out that way and i won't be i won't be totally upset if Kansas City wins it either, because I do find myself pulling for Kansas City, and it would be kind of a fitting changing of the guard. Like, these guys are 2-2. Two and two. If Mahomes win, it's not because he doesn't deserve it. It's not like we had a team that just sort of squeaked their way. It's like, they deserve to be where they're at, and they deserve to win this game. I just think there's enough magic riding on that Buccaneers side. The team is really bought into, like, the holy shit of this moment. Yeah. <sighs> That I, yeah. I, you you got a couple players that are going to be back going into this game that were that either went out or were missing. So even even going into this game, they're going to be slightly more improved than they were against the Packers. Brady doesn't throw those three picks. That game stood a solid chance of really getting out of hand. And let's say they went into the Packers and they beat them by thirty points. Like we would be looking at this totally different, but. They were up. Tom got a little loose, flung a couple. One was a throw. We'll call it an errant throw that could have been caught and got tipped into the guy. Watching that back, I almost wonder if it wasn't even intended for him. It was intended for the guy behind him because he put it high That's enough. And with a less, <laughs> what's that? It's even worse. Well, no, because the 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 tipping of the ball gave it enough of a momentum stop for the defender who was cutting across to like stop and lean back and catch it. If his hands were never on it. Chances are he would have just gone either by it or would have made a harder catch on it because it slowed the ball down enough. But anyway, it 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 they ran the possibility or they they had the possibility of running the score up on the Green Bay Packers, who had the MVP candidate this season. So uh, I, I I don't think he's going to be the candidate. I unless well, unless, I, unless they I, give it to Brady, which would be hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it, it would be I pretty mean, hilarious. I mean, uh, before that pick, he had like 392 or 394 attempts without an interception. So, like, it's easy to say, oh, look at him. He had, he had interceptions early on when they were sort of gelling. I said those. I 
people are going to think I'm making excuses. I said that exact same thing in the beginning of the season. They're working on their timing. They're trying to figure out the rhythm between the, like Evans routinely quits on the ball. That's just his style. Oh. Like it, it takes time to like figure some of that shit out. So, you know, and I, and I did say early on when you saw him get like really pissed, you can tell when an interception is the cause of Tom Brady and then when it's the cause of a blown play. When it's up his fault, he still gets pissed, but he doesn't like there's a stare that happens or there's like a reaction that happens when he knows that it's not his fault. Like he's got that like I fucked up face when he throws it. Even when he's pissed and throws his helmet, you know it's him. When it's not him, he le- <laughs> like the reaction is drastically different. And in the beginning of the season you saw a lot of that. Like you saw like him correcting on the sideline. You saw him getting pissed at receivers. So like I always thought that that was kind of the what was happening. And now with those th- even those three picks, like he wasn't it wasn't necessarily there's was one of them where he, maybe it was it was kind of the look that the receiver was given and it wasn't like hitting his spot. Whatever. This isn't the same team that they were facing at all. If those three things didn't happen and they blew out the the Packers, I feel like a lot of people would be looking at this game being like, oh shit, like the, the Buccaneers are going to win this game. I think it would have swung like Vegas, like the whole th- momentum of this game would have changed. But the fact that he gave those up and let the game be closer than what it actually was, like if you watch the game, it got close towards the end, but it wasn't actually that close, right? Like it was just yeah. not taking care of the ball because you were a little too comfortable when you should have just thrown it away, um, made it a little bit more interesting than what I think it intended to be. Which I think this one's a little bit more competitive. More? Which team has been sacked more this year? Oh, it's, it's the Bucks. The offensive line was terrible yeah. for like the first yeah. six or seven weeks. It was bad. And now, and now Kansas City has three of their starting offensive line that are, are probably not going to play in this game, right? Eric Fisher, their tackle towards Achilles uh, in, the, in the AFC Championship game. He won't be playing. And, you know, the Tampa Bay defensive you know, depth on the line. That's, that's pretty crazy. My own counterpoint to that is this. Kansas City already faced this type of scenario last year with mm-hmm. four, four killer good talents on San Francisco, right? Yep. And they, and they got down a little bit, but then they settled in and they found a way to go back. I, yeah, I but think Garoppolo, is, Garoppolo is not, let's be fair, Garoppolo is not Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, I agree. But I think this is, this is what we've been waiting for. This is that Sonny Liston, Muhammad Ali fight. This is that Tyson, uh, you know, fight we've been waiting for at at the prime, which is weird because Tom Brady is like, you know, old, old and Mahomes is on his way <laughs> up. But like this is this is what we've been wanting. We wanted to see. Offense. Yeah, we're moving towards more of a passing league. And I mean, <laughs> Kansas City league average rushing four and a half yards clip. Now they hold their opponents at four point one. Tampa Bay, 4.1. That's their average. So if I'm looking to keys to the game, it's got to be that. You got to get the run game consistently going. And if you're down offensive linemen, there needs to be a lot of wide receiver, tight end, running back chips. There has to be. Because the Bucs just have too much talent. And Mahomes could throw an interception. If he throws one interception, probably won't be a big deal because it'd be either a floating pass or be a tip pass or something. Brady's not going to give you another three picks. It's not happening, right? So you'll need to get there. And I know that 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 narrative is is 
tied and true and it's really tired. It's really played out. You put Brady on the ground, you can't win the game. Yeah, no kidding, because you sack them enough times, they get out of field goal range, they, they can't complete passes, whatever it is. The number of sacks that the Tampa Bay Bucks have allowed the season is, to me, what kind of like makes it a little sketchy. Like, you don't, you didn't fix those things for the majority of the season. And I don't think that whatever you put on tape, when the Washington football team is able to get home in the same way, I don't think that's necessarily something that's been fixed. So I do believe that they have lived and died by their takeaways this season. The Bucs have. They, they, mm-hmm. They've kind of swung back and forth. Uh, in the games, they look super great against the Packers, right? You know, you get a pick six here. You get a couple interceptions and, you know, you get some return yards. The Kansas City Chiefs aren't going to do that. You know, Mahomes is an all-star in his own making. He's younger. He has a little more talent. But, Tim, you were talking about the Avengers in Tampa Bay earlier. They're not the Avengers. They're the Expendables. <laughs> they're just like all these like former action stars that are like yeah. zero fucks to give. We're going out with a bang. Like, we're finally going to get a Super Bowl that I think we truly deserve. You're going to need a wild card team that isn't playing with house money and wants to do whatever they can to win. And you're going to have a defending Super Bowl champion that wants to prove they're not a fluke and that they just paid their quarterback half a billion dollars for the next decade. And by the way, this is is a new version of football. We're taking this from you. This this is going to be an epic game. Yeah, I mean, you have like the old guard versus the new guard. It's... um. I mean, I'm here for I I, I had a you know my body is not ready. I, I got to sleep a lot and like you know prepare and <laughs> I would uh I I had a like a couple comments back and forth with the Fantasy and Chill podcast. Shout out to those guys on Instagram. They had made a post about um like their predictions, and I I had made a joke about it not aging well. But we we he ended up saying you know it was he thought it was going to be a boring Super Bowl, and when I asked him about it, he's he he likes parody and and whatnot, and I gotta say I completely disagree. Only because I think the storyline here is it's not like a normal Brady versus Rogers Super Bowl. It's not a Brady versus Drew Brees. It's it's a it's got a different caliber of. Ta- I mean, I get what he's saying. It's like golf, where at the end of every season you have like five teams that you know are going to be in the Super Bowl, the same way at the end of every golf tournament, you can pretty much guess like within a top 10 of, of who's going to be uh, leading the leaderboard. It is the very much the same way. You know, it's going to be the Chiefs. For a long time, it was the Patriots in the conversation. You know, the Saints, the Packers were all going to be in that conversation. Um, the Baltimore was going to be one of those we thought was going to be in it for, for quite a while. So I totally understand what he's saying, but I think this one kind of feels different than others where you had those teams like sure Kansas City's in it uh but to say Tom Brady and the Buccaneers being in it is sort of like boring and parody from yeah I mean not parody it's sort of like a repeat of what you had before that's that's disingenuous it's not it's just literally not the same thing you had a guy who was on a team for 20 plus years all the success you could hope for and a quarterback who decided to say the hell with it we're out of here Let's, uh, I'm going to go try somewhere else and went to a team who hadn't had playoff success in quite a while uh, and then happened to get them to the Super Bowl. And now, like you said, you have this like changing of the guard that we're seeing right in front of our eyes where you have Tom Brady, you have an aging Gronkowski who probably at this point now that he's a blocking tight end 
wishes he had stayed retired. You have uh, Antonio Brown, who is at the tail end of his career. You have all the Fournette, who's probably at the tail end of his career. You have all of these older guys who are literally stacked up in any game against some of the youngest success in the league in Mahomes and Hill and, and those guys. Um, I'm, I think it's going to be a great matchup. I find myself getting invested in a lot of these games, both on the Chiefs side and on the Patriots side for no reason. I find myself like watching them like I would watch my own home team. Um, I think this is going to be a good one. Uh, and I, I do think there's enough going. I would not be shocked if Tampa Bay wins this one. I wouldn't be shocked would, if they... Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't would, be shocked either. I, I wouldn't be shocked if... I think it's going to be a close game, but I have to say, just with the way things are playing out, you have enough footage, you have enough game time, you have the injuries on the, on the offensive side. It's going to be a big game, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see... The Bucks kind of run away with it a little bit. If oh, not I would early be very on. surprised if they run away with if not, it. If not early what's on. What you're talking about here? Yeah. The Bucks. The Bucks not rushed fair. out to a two-score lead. <laughs> that Kansas City had to come back from a two-score lead to, to win the game. Kansas City always comes back. Kansas City was down against all the teams in the postseason last year, and they, uh, they found a way to win. And even yeah, but, when, even when there was know, a punt, even even there was a muff punt that, that allowed the Bills go, to go up 10-0. It didn't matter. They, they came back because Patrick Mahomes sat on the sideline. It doesn't matter. We've been here before. Just be us. And when yeah, but you know who, get right, everyone should be scared. You know who's knocked them out of the playoffs before? Oh, my God. The Chiefs a Tom Brady-led team. No, the Chiefs knocked the Chiefs out of the playoffs because they jumped off sides in overtime. That's what happened. That's what happened. Oh, oh my God. So the team oh takes them into the team the team takes them in, the team that should be winning every game that they're in gets taken into overtime and then loses. No. They Patrick should have Mahomes won the game during regular time. Season, he only started paying attention to breaking down film about halfway through. I mean, oh my god, not. that is such no, I mean, the Kansas City. That is the such Kansas nonsense. Kansas what was he doing? Fantastic. What was he doing? Was he sleeping during the uh, the the coaching sessions and the yeah, and the film sessions? I won the Bills game. I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah, no, he was in those. That's just he's he said he didn't say he started watching them. He said he didn't really start understanding them until halfway through. But still, that's I'm not buying it. You had a successful college run, and then you had a successful season in the NFL. To say you just what are you just out there being like? Oh, there's a guy standing there. Maybe I'll throw it this way, and you huck it. No, come on. I'm not. Well, I'm not buying listen, that bullshit. Listen, listen, Linda. Listen. I'm gonna give you a chance to get your four pack back. Let's go ahead and double or nothing it. You Ooh, obviously believe, you believe the Chiefs are gonna win. You, that they're not gonna win. I believe the Chiefs are gonna win. I've been making a lot of Super Bowl bets for the Chiefs. So double or nothing. All right. Yeah, double or nothing. Let's go. You think the Bucs right. win? I think. I think they're gonna lose. Forty-two, thirty-eight. That's what I think. Forty-three. What? 42-38. Wow. All right. I'm not going to think for a score. I would be shocked if it's not as high scoring as what we expect. Oh, like at 24-28, like a la Seattle, New England. You're, just saying, you're just saying it's going to be a three-point win. Oh, yeah. All right. These, these teams are both too good. You know what I mean? Like uh, Suck Up and um, – oh, geez, why am I blanking on the, the kicker for Kansas City? They're, they're, both, they're both so good. They both have – Great tight ends, obviously. Kelsey is gonna, the more you know, you know, premium one in, in in the beginning. But uh I'm gonna say the Bucks win by ten points. Not because <laughs> now hold on, 
Not because it's a butter on your pop tarts. You wouldn't make those harebrained predictions like that. No, 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 not because not because it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a three point. It's going to be a two score game. Kansas City is going to be forced to go for it on a fourth and whatever, and they're not going to get it. She's going to make it a ten point game. Mm. That's my that's my that's my prediction. I'm gonna so go looking for Kelly's North Haven, Connecticut beers, and forcing you to drink beers that are not from North Haven for the next like <laughs> six episodes. It's gonna be so fantastic. I'm so looking. I'm gonna it. I'm gonna send it. I mean, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do for points here. I'm gonna go. I think this is one of the games where field goals matter. Duh. I'm gonna go twenty four. I'm gonna go thirty four twenty four. Bucks. Wow. I, I need to I need I to know. this. I put this in put this in the notes. Put it in there. Put it in there. And if I get this right, call my agent. <laughs> 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 All right, everyone. That is if I, if I get this if, if I get this wrong, there's gonna be technical difficulties with this podcast episode yep, going yep. forward. <laughs> like Big Brother, nineteen eighty four, you're gonna go in and just uh as the as the technical editor of this podcast, uh, uh, if my guess is wrong, I mean I'm not I'm not going to have any answers for it, but there may be technical difficulties. Sorry, everybody. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> all right, that is episode 42 of the Stats and Writer podcast. We thank you all very much for the support. Uh, we got two weeks until the Super Bowl, so like we're going to let these these hot takes marinate. We're going to come back to you. We're going to talk a little baseball, mm. a little basketball, a little UFC. Got some other sports to talk about. It's very nice. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Well, RIP to uh, Kobe Bryant. We just passed his uh, the one yep. year anniversary one year, of yeah. his death. So shout out to his family and his fans. That uh, a lot of touching memorials that went out uh, over the last couple of days. So look back on those and and check them out. Think about this. If you were from the future and you said, "Oh, I heard you know a lot of things happened in 2020," and you went back to January 2020. Yeah. This is the day where things like really like change for a lot of America, you know, pre pandemic. And like, we didn't know the virus was as bad as it was going to be at that point. But I just remember it was a Saturday and yeah, just getting this notification off Twitter. It was like TMZ reports that Kobe Bryant has died in a helicopter crash. And I said, this has gotta be fake. This has to be fake. And then yeah. there was like a news conference about it. It was like the middle of the day on Saturday. Like everyone stopped what they were doing. Like the whole world just like, just, just changed. And the asshole um, who got the asshole who got fired for like posting pictures of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like someone who was a first responder who shouldn't who shouldn't have used their position to do that. Like we we just went into 2020 thinking, ah, brand new year. You know? Oh my God, Kobe Bryant died. And we thought, well, this has got to be this has got to be the height, right? This is had this has to be as worse as this year is gonna get. And it wasn't. And, yep. you know, we we have been through a lot collectively as a nation. And, and here we are in 2021 and we're, we're trying to move forward, you know, in time yep. of pandemic. And, and then these things come back up and then you, it, like they remind you, like you have been underwater for so long that this happened and you still haven't come back up yet. And you're just like, wow, this has been wild. Yeah. So, you know, shout out and I appreciate all the fans who, who've stuck with us. I mean, this is this has been yeah. a long time. All right. And uh, one other thing, I'm going to give you all a little bit of homework, Sam included. I'm going to read to you the 2021 MLB official Hall of Fame ballot. We're going to talk about this because it is one of the worst ballots I've ever seen. And the conversation we want to have going forward 
on the next episode is what constitutes a Hall of Famer. Is it just someone who had some success in their career? Because when I think Hall of Famer, I think best to ever do it. Someone like when you think about him, you're like, oh my God, that person was amazing. Minus the maybe uh, ulterior and or additional things to help them get to some of that success. So here's the list. There's 25 of them and they're bad. Afterwards, uh, I don't know, Sam, how much you follow baseball, but I'm going to give you my knee-jerk reaction to who I think should make it out of this list, uh, and then we'll talk about it another time. Um, all right, here they are. 1 through 25. Kurt Schilling, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, Omar Vasquez, Scott Rowland, Billy Wagner, Gary Sheffield, Todd Helton, Manny Ramirez, Jeff Kent, Andrew Jones, Sammy Sosa, Andy Pettit, Bobby Abreu, Tim Hudson, Mark Burrell, Tory Hunter, Dan Heron, Barry Zito, Aramis Ramirez, Shane Victorino, AJ Burnett, Nick Swisher, Latroy Hodkins, and Michael Cudier. So, uh, spoiler alert, you probably haven't heard of a lot of those names. Um, of that list, so you can only be in um, the ballot, I want to say, nine times before you're no longer considered. So, of those players, players who are currently in their ninth year, Kurt Schilling, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, all of them are, other than Kurt Schilling, are embroiled in uh, some of the biggest PED conversations and whether or not they belong. Candles. Yeah. Uh, whether or not they belong in the Hall of Fame. Now, one of the conversations I want to have is if you have to consider what their impact on the game is because baseball, unlike boxing and the NFL and a lot of other sports, uh, while PEDs can help in some facet, they're not going to help you swing a toothpick and hit a baseball out of the park. So there's some things there that need to be considered, but um, Kurt Schilling, I think is getting, while I won't say blacklisted, I think he's missing some of the consideration, partly because of his uh, political outreach, his vocalization against things. He's actually withdrawn his own candidacy from this ballot, or he said so in a, a written statement. I don't know if that's how that works, but uh, I think they should, they should vote him in next year just in spite of that. They can't, this is last year. This is the last yeah. year. Uh, he's got a couple issues with bankruptcy and some businesses he's trying to run. He's been very outspoken in the uh, political Tea Party affiliation. Um, Which, I mean, that's fine. It's cool. Mariana Rivera was a, a Trump supporter. He made it to the Hall of Fame. So clearly, Paul yeah. had so much to do with it. Probably it's the fact you're a douchebag. But I mean, you know. Kurt Schilling was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kurt Schilling took his approach very differently. Uh, but we can digest that another point. Anyway, that's your list. On that list, I'm going to give my vote to Tory Hunter. Uh, he had like nine gold gloves, three silver sluggers. The man was just a machine. He had a 277 average. Um, if there is someone on there to vote for, he's got my vote. On base percentage, 337. If you guys need help with what all that means, jump back a couple uh, episodes during the MLB season. We actually talk about what's lugging like, on base percentage. Like all that means. 16 episodes. 16 episodes. We've been around yeah. for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, take that list. 
give us some feedback if you care to let us know who you think i'm voting tory hunter if i have a vote um otherwise this whole list seems somewhat suspect to me and i think it shows how convoluted and diluted the hall of fame system has become but anyway this is the first year since 2013 where nobody was voted in right well, this is this is the part of it. Like this is yeah. now this is the the proposed group, and then they all vote for it. So that part's not clear yet. Half of that list uh, from Tim Hudson down. This is their first ballot. Um, a lot of them are repeat ballots. So I don't like this is Tory Hunter's first ballot. Do I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer? Probably not. Do I think he belongs in the Hall of Fame at some point? Maybe because you think Tory Hunter, you think of, you know, Spider-Man scaling the wall, robbing home runs. So, um, yeah, not a big fan of this class. Let us know what you think. If you hear this, you want to give us some feedback. Or if you kind of fancy yourself as a baseball aficionado, once football season ends, we're going to start bringing on some, some of the fans, some of the public. Let's start talking about them. Uh, let's start bringing you guys in and, and just hear what you got to say. Uh, so let us know. We've got a lot of you guys shout out again, India. I know there's a lot of baseball fans out that way. <laughs> let us know what you think. Uh, we see you. You're listening. You're quickly becoming, uh, one of our biggest, uh, listening bases. So you got any sports fans out that way who are interested in, in, in the major leagues. Let us know what you think out of that list. We'll bring it up. We'll talk about it. Uh, maybe we'll even have you on. But indeed. Anyway, episode 42. 42 in the books. In the books. Adios. Adios, guys. We'll see you next week. Yeah.